Hey TJ, how's it going? It's going well, man. How's your week been? It's, it's been good. You got a lot of a lot of follow up, but uh, we got uh, Scott joining us this week. Yeah, I'm back. Hey, welcome, how's man. It how's going, it going? Man? Not too bad. So TJ, I heard you uh, had some issues with your AirPods. Well, you could say that. So um, last Sunday, I was at the gym. Didn't really think about it. Um, decided to hop on one of those, you know, cardio machines because apparently I'm a sucker for punishment. And I put my AirPods inside of, you know, the little container thing on the side of the machine where you can put your wallet or whatever. And as I left, I remembered it. And then I went to another machine and apparently it slips out of my pocket by the time I'm done with my workout. Uh, well, it slips out of my pocket. I was like doing cable rows or something. And when I'm done with my workout, I like feel my pockets. It's like, where did, where did my AirPod case go? So I scoured the gym for like 30 minutes looking for it. And it's nowhere to be found. It's not in my car. It's not in my, it's not, it wasn't in the gym. Looked all over the place. Was no longer there. Checked the front desk. Nobody reported it. Not in the best area of town. So I feel like it's a fairly decent assumption to say it was stolen. Because it was with me when I was in the gym, 100%, and it is no longer. So oh, I was that's sorry, a, caseless, a caseless AirPod boy, and it made me sad. But, like, what, what good is the case if you don't have the AirPods? I don't really know, but maybe they thought that there was AirPods in there? I'm oh, not really sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're probably so, not inspecting it before yeah. you steal something. <laughs> Sucks to oh, suck, though, because you open it. There's no AirPods in it. You just so have you to replace wait. Can you replace the case for less than buying the whole new? So you, you can. And I went to the Apple store. I I think it was like the next day because I was, I was looking around. I even texted Shane because I was like, all right, so this is what happened. I'm thinking about, you know, just, is it possible for me to get an off brand case for like 20 bucks because this could happen again? You know, like, what do you suggest? And he was like, oh, well, I definitely suggest getting the, you know, actual Apple case. I was like, fair enough. That makes sense because apparently there are chips in there that, you know, regulate Bluetooth and whatnot. And you don't really, you know, want a man in the middle, if you will. Um, So I I was like, that's, that's fine. Turns out that you can't even buy a third party case for, for AirPods. That's just not a thing. So understandable. So I have to go to Apple. So I go to Apple. I'm like, Hey, so I just need a, um, you know, a wired AirPod case. I don't need wireless just because, you know, I don't have any Qi chargers. And I was told that that's not a thing. You cannot buy the wired case that comes with the wired AirPods. If you want a replacement case, you have to either A, buy the wireless one, or find your serial number for your AirPods and set up an appointment with the Genius Bar, and then they'll give you a wired case. (laughs) Please don't tell me that the serial number was on the case that you can't find. It was probably in a receipt email, and but the, here's the thing. I would have to set up an appointment with the Genius Bar. That is a pain. I do not like doing that because generally it's like if they, you may not even be able to go today. Like you might have to three go days later. three days later, and I would save $10 to go for a wired case. I would still have to buy the case, 
it would just be $60 instead of $70. Oh, the price difference between the wireless case and the wired case is only $10? Is only $10. Oh, first world problems. Just get the wireless. <laughs> so I just got the wireless ones. So I just thought it was interesting, but I, I have I have an AirPods case again. That's and better than buying the whole set. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was that, Shane? Oh, you, you got it back then. So you're you're back in business here. I'm back in business. I have a wireless charger. But see, here's the thing. Now I have an excuse to get cheap chargers. Yes. It's a slippery slope. It's yeah, nice to have with. those around. I have them just like end table and various really? places around. And you just set your phone on there and it always gets charged up. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about doing because I have an iPhone 11. It already has wireless charging. Now I have AirPods that charge wirelessly. They're it's time pretty to... inexpensive. So yeah. So you'll like it. I'm looking forward to this to this new world where I'm going to have a wireless charger or a few wireless chargers. Well, it would be awesome if you could like plug a dongle or have something so that your your keyboard, if you have the new Apple keyboard, if that could be wireless, that'd be awesome. That would be that would be awesome because one of the so good segue because I have uh, <laughs> I have a new keyboard, guys. Yeah, yeah. Is it the Apple wireless? <laughs> keyboard that doesn't have wireless charging (laughs) so um i've gone through a few keyboards you know over the past it's been it's been a few years but my favorite keyboard has always been the microsoft ergonomic 3000 um it's also been called the whale because it is a massive keyboard it's probably what a foot and a foot and a half in width maybe a foot and a quarter um and it's it's one of those yeah it's all bendy and it's split down the middle you know um supposedly ergonomic and they're they're definitely cheaper keyboards they're about twenty dollars but they they last for forever um but then i got the opportunity to start messing around with the the magic keyboard and man it it feels like the old keyboards from like the 2015 macbook pros just wireless and on your desk right uh, and it, it is just i mean I, I fell in love with it and so i ended up uh, getting another one uh, actually work ordered it for me uh, because I, I, I'm going to use the keyboard a lot as a programmer. Uh, <laughs> so surprise, surprise. So that's what I've got in front of me now. And it is just, this is just an Apple appreciation moment um, because it feels really good. It looks really good. It's the perfect size for me. I love the way that the feedback, like you, the feedback of the keys, the way it sounds. Um, it's It's just a very good programming keyboard. And one that, you know, maybe it's not as quote unquote ergonomic as, you know, the Microsoft keyboard, but I can type on it for hours and have no problems. Um, so that's what I have now paired with, right? Again, this is like my gaming mouse, which I will probably end up replacing with the Magic Trackpad too, um, because I, I love those things as well. So just another, uh, just an Apple appreciation moment, because between between this thing and having AirPods in, I love this wireless life. That's that's my new my new venture right now is trying to get rid of as many wires as I possibly can. Your your AirPods can charge well if you're not charging them wirelessly. They can charge with lightning. Your phone can charge with lightning. Your keyboard can now charge with lightning, and so you can just charge everything in your house with lightning, and then your computer with USB C. Yep. So the fact that the iPad keyboard, with USB C too. Oh, that's true. The uh, iPad Pro. They, yeah. The, the the expensive one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They keep releasing new accessories with lightning. Does that mean that they're going to keep, they're going to keep lightning around or is that just because the ecosystem's there? Like 
I just bought new AirPods a couple months ago and they're, yeah. they're still lightning. I wouldn't be surprised if AirPods three have, well, see, here's the thing. I feel, I feel like they're going to have to do what they did with 30 pin to lightning, which is when they decided that it was time to move over, they just did a full push and everything from there on was, you know, lightning. Is that still a thing now that jobs is gone? Because we're still seeing like the iPhone SE and like some of these older devices that don't have the touch, not touch ID, uh, face ID that don't have these new technologies still in the market. But if jobs was there, he would have cut everything. He would have, we would have, <laughs> we would have a touch bar on your cool keyboard. We would have, like, it would be really, really thin. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I hope, I hope not. I definitely hope I, I hope that, that we don't go into this this limbo of some devices have lightning, some devices oh, have USB C and we are there. That's the thing. But thankfully it's only a handful. Uh because the majority of devices still use lightning. The MacBooks right. have always had a different charging port. Whether it was like the MagSafe, you know, now it's USB C. So I I don't really mind that as much. But the fact that this iPad now has a USB C charger that's oh, a little split. concerning. What's that? It, it's split. The high-end iPad is USB-C, whereas the low-end is still Lightning. Exactly. It's so, split. It. Oh, they're not. So why doesn't the high-end headphones or the, the AirPods Pro have USB-C, have USB-C then? USB-C, exactly. Okay. Hmm. Uh, part of it could be the uh, power draw through. Oh, that's true. USB-C has a higher ceiling on that. TJ, you just but got a consumer keyboard. That's not a pro keyboard. Yeah. You got <laughs> right. a different one. <laughs> I, I need to port. get the space gray one now. Exactly. Okay, I would have gotten the space gray one, but it doesn't come in this nice tiny size. It has like the uh, new keyboard pad on the yeah. side, which is, I don't like it. It's too big. It doesn't look as good to me. I, I like just having my numbers on the top, on the second to top row, and that's it. I don't need the number pad. If you have the number pad, which if you're a 10 key user like you'll love it but it pushes your mouse out another four or five inches mm-hmm. and i need that mouse close i got I've, <laughs> i'm very precise with my movements i gotta yes. like click on different amazon tabs really fast <laughs> go with no good stuff first world problems yeah. have you uh seen the people using the uh trackpad on the left side of the keyboard mouse on the right little keyboard in the middle i i tried I that but I don't like the trackpad on a desktop. Um, I end up just really? using the laptop because I have the laptop open. I'll use its trackpad, but like yeah. the, the the X or the third, not the the external one, that little magic trackpad. It's huge, and mm-hmm. it just I don't know. I I don't feel like I could rest my hand and still use it because I would be just be um, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. <laughs> if you're using all three, that you. Uh, if you put it on the right side, if you're right-handed, and then put the mouse on the right side of that, you have the same problem as the, the keypad. The mouse is way over there. You're, so if you put it on the left, you eliminate that problem. Your right arm would that be fully sense. extended to and, try to do anything. Yeah. Like the pinching and there's gestures that are nice to use sometimes. And so it's nice to have it. So this is why I I'm interested to see what happens using this magic keyboard for long periods of time. So the reason why I like the magic trackpad is because I have been known to get like small cases of RSI when you know, repetitive stress injury. That's when for the listeners who don't know, that's when 
you know, we as programmers spend a lot of time typing. We spend a lot, a lot of time clicking the mouse and the, our hands being in the same position. And we just click, we just do these micro movements a lot all day, every day um, can actually cause strain in your arm uh, and your tendons and your muscles, the whole thing. and can cause a lot of problems down the road. I used to have that a little bit uh, in my right, my right arm, the one that's using the mouse. So having the trackpad around, I'm never doing the same motion ever. I'm constantly doing things slightly differently, slightly different micro movements. And that helps. Um, I find that it really helps the RSI. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with the trackpad because my wrists might be in a little bit of a different position. But that's that's the reason why I use the trackpad. That's the reason why I like it so much. I do like the precision that an actual mouse gives me. But if I can have no pain and use a trackpad, you know, that's, that's what I would go with. <laughs> yeah. Scrolling's easier on the trackpad for sure. Hmm. Well, oh, on on the bright side, um, whenever you get that really expensive USB-C iPad, um, you can pair your your Magic Keyboard to it, and it's really nice. That's true. It's, it's That's probably true. my favorite iPad keyboard. I, I didn't even know nice. that you had yeah. a keyboard. That is, that but, is a really how do you carry nice. it with it? Oh, I'm glad you asked. This is not a pick of the week, but this is another plug. I have a <laughs> canopy stand, which is like a uh, it's a case for the keyboard. And, and it's uh, canvas, and it folds back on itself and makes a stand for the iPad. So you can um, keep, you know, carry the iPad separate, but then you can just flip out your keyboard and make a whole whole little setup. Um, the lapability, I would give it like a a six out of ten. You can put it on your lap and still type, but it's still not as good as a regular laptop. It just doesn't feel as good. Like you tell that there's a difference, like a space between the device and the keyboard. No, not really. It's touching. Okay. Like the, the iPad is literally touching and, and I'll put a picture in the show notes, but uh, it's called a canopy stand. Uh, very okay. simple, very low tech. I think the most complicated thing, the only moving part on it is a buckle. So, okay. Pretty simple. Yeah. I have the smart keyboard with mine. Yeah. The Apple one. Um, and yeah, if you're using it in your lap, you have like no, uh, on a laptop, you can move the screen back and get a better angle on it. You can't really do that with the, fixed spot in the, the iPad stand. I want backlit keyboards. And so I started thinking about this little keyboard that TJ likes. It doesn't have any backlights. It doesn't have does not. Hmm. It does look what is your keyboard. Yeah. What do you, what do you like about backlit keyboards? I have curiosity hitting the money sign, just hitting that dollar sign. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, you're right. I, I really don't actually look at it very much. The only thing I have to look at is the the magic thing on the top. The, that changes. Um, but I don't like using that. The I'd little, rather have the keys. But The little right. touch bar? Yeah, yeah, touch bar. So the best use for it is if you're watching a video in YouTube and you want to do like a pop-out, um, you normally have to right-click on the video twice. The first time you right-click, it pops open the Google menu. And then the second time you right click, it pops open the Safari menu. And one of the options is to pop out video. But with the, the little touch bar, if you see a video, you just hit that button, pops it out. Also, there are a lot of video ads that there's no visible play bar or like scrubber bar. So you can't skip to the end, but you could skip to the end with your little track bar or your little, little touch bar. So I use it to skip commercials <laughs> and pop out video and YouTube. That's my... 
my power user moment there. I it took away my escape key, so I can't use VI anymore. Oh, you got to get a new computer. You're yeah, way you too that old. Sixteen inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, <laughs> this this three month old computer with the escape key now. No. <laughs> yeah, my caps lock is not my escape key. It's fine, but and if you do, if you get muscle memory with that, uh, I think like the new version of the iPad. What was it iPad ten dot or thirteen dot four? I believe um, added hardware key remapping, so you can remap caps lock to escape. Oh, perfect! Which is, which is cool. Yeah, you can do it on Windows and um, Ubuntu and um, Linux too. I because I have developed the memory, I had to change it. Yeah, everywhere. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, do you I, use other operating systems besides macOS? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most of my work is on macOS, but I have a few around, a few other machines. From time to time, you might dabble in the Windows, might dabble in the, the Ubuntu's. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I, I have this 16-inch MacBook Pro um, dual-booted with a, with a Windows installation, but I haven't got a chance to use any, any Linux distributions lately. So just, mostly just on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, and like if I'm just setting something like that up, like use the keyboard so little and then end up SSHing in or something. So right. not I don't really care for a short time, but if I'm using it for any length of time, gotta do what my fingers are used to. TG on that Linux thing that you mentioned, what what are you wanting to do with Linux? Are you wanting the GUI or do you just want the command line? Um, honestly, I, <laughs> nothing really. I haven't okay. thought about using Linux for a long time. <laughs> uh, I generally, here's my split. I use Mac OS for it almost for like 90% of ev- like everything that I do. Um, and at this point, no, no real intention of switching to anything. I know that I've talked about switching to Linux, but there's with, with the tools and the, just the software that I have on Mac OS things such as drafts, um, TextMate two, I just really like iTerm too. Like there's, I'm not switching to Linux anytime soon. Um, I use windows for gaming, um, and occasional testing for Microsoft edge and I use Linux for servers and that's about it. Okay. And, ex- and okay. But if I'm, if I'm using the raspberry Pi, like I'm using Linux, I'm using Raspbian at that point. So, yeah, gotcha. For the Windows testing, you can just use a virtual machine and whatever VMware. Yeah. You can get by without a separate machine for that. Most definitely. Just do it on yeah. your Mac. Um, I, th- I think Parallels on the Mac, you can boot um, your boot camp partition. So you don't even have to have a separate VM. You could just use your boot camp partition. It, it does a weird thing if you suspend it. Um, it. It's really bad if you have the VM open on the computer and you suspend it, and then you turn off your computer and you boot up the boot camp. It doesn't like that. But as long as you, you do a full shutdown of the VM and parallels before you jump over to boot camp, you'll, you right. should be okay. And you don't have to use up the extra storage space. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Scott, you had some follow-up about uh, iMovie. I wanted to talk to you yeah, about it. you talked about it without me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was related to uh, what I do with my kids. Um, My brother-in-law started this um, thing. Uh, Every birthday uh, for the kids, we um, put together a, like just events from their last uh, past year um, and kind of do it as a birthday present for them. And 
always used iMovie for it because it's just great to do it. Um, get the nice Ken Burns yeah. stuff in there, put some good music that like maybe stuff the kids listened to that year or um, just, I don't know, nice, nice songs to remember that year by. It's sometimes, you know, a couple years on, it's not as relevant as it was <laughs> when it came out, but still. The Smash Mouth song will live forever. No, <laughs> we haven't used that, but um, try to stick to some good classic stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We're up to quite a few videos now from doing that every year for the kids, but um, yeah, it's great. We can go back and like um, last birthday for my boys um, ha- watch their video. And then it's like, oh, what, what was more like at that age would mm-hmm. pulled her video up and uh, watch that. And like, yeah, she's about the same size, but doing different stuff. And uh, it's yeah. uh, so fun. I love that these it's been here on the Apple platform for so for so long. It's it's great. I'm able to use it. That's a really good idea. I had never thought of basically compiling the best moments of the year into a video. Um that's that's super smart because we have I, I probably take thousands of pictures over the course of a year. Maybe maybe not yeah. thousands, but at least hundreds, you know. And probably over half, I would say almost half of them are probably duplicates, you know, mm-hmm. where you just have like the you same take a photo bunch in a row. Yeah. You take a bunch yeah. in a row. You don't really go through them afterwards to see like, is this a really good picture? You know, it's, it's just, you just have a bunch of duplicates. Um, so being able to, at the end of the year, almost pl- play, you know, digital housekeeping again, kind of talking about this KonMari <laughs> method that we've been referencing, being able to go back through like your year of pictures, which you could do very easily with the photos app on Mac OS and, you know, just compile something in iMovie. That's, that's incredibly smart. I had never thought of doing that, but it, I'm, I'm definitely going to take that in mind, especially with, uh, with my sprout coming, coming on board. It um, ends up, it's, um, yeah, for, for their year. So not, um, we end up with a lot of overlap, like, cause the pictures are yeah. multiple people. So they end up with, the same picture, maybe a little variant if we took a few, but um, yeah, it's nice, uh, nice memory. So yeah, you're set up. You can start doing that. My wife and I have separate photo libraries, so um, it is a process to yeah. combine everything. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. yep, go back in the last year, pick out everyone with uh, whoever's birthday it is. I combine them with mine and then send out uh, brothers and sisters, like, Hey, do you have any good pictures? Um, combine it all together and got some scripts that go through, um, look at all the metadata and we'll rename the files. So they'll be in chronological order. Jeez. Um, wow. So I don't have to like try to line up what her pictures are or whatever. Right. I just pop, pop in then an iMovie, they're all there. And I, um, yeah, take out a few, like not all those thousand might make the cut. Just, I think probably try to keep it under like a hundred pictures or something. So we're not running hours of in the video. Got to keep people, people interested when they're watching. I think like there's a correlation between how close you are to somebody 
and then how many pictures you can show them of an event before they don't care anymore. So mother, show her like 200 pictures. Beyond that, you're going to lose her. And she loves you the most. If I'm trying to show a neighbor, maybe 10, maybe 10. May, so, maybe 10. Yeah, there's this definitely a correlation. And you, you talked about having 100 and for like a birthday, I think that's a good number because the people that are going to watch that are either going to be those kids wanting to watch it later or, you know, you and your wife wanting to just think about the kids and, and you know, watch it again. So, uh, yeah, I think 100 is a good number. And yeah, if it's the pictures. Around like 10 to 15 minutes overall. Yeah. yeah. Edited down. And it's more fun to have more video than photos in there, is, yeah. especially when they're little. It's so fun to see them bumbling around and stuff. So and where do you store? Oh, sorry. I'm going oh, You also have to pick out good music that keeps the interest too. So if you know your audience, pick out music that they'll like, they'll, they'll sit through it. <laughs> what I find difficult is if I have pictures, I can put vid or I can put music, but as soon as I start playing a video and there's something that they're going to say or sound effects or, you know, ambient noise, you have to drop the volume of the, yeah. And the ducking the song. Does that happen automatically for you, or are you doing that by hand? I go through and do it all by hand to oh, get wow. it perfect. Um, and you love your kids. There's, <laughs> yeah, this is a process. A couple of days before their birthday, um, but uh, yeah, need some videos like the audio is not important, so just mute it and or let it play, and it doesn't overwhelm the song. Just kind of mixes together. But yeah, if they're saying something, you gotta have that clear that makes sense so i have a question for you when you are finished creating this video what do you do with it where do you store it because you're going to want to like 10 years from now you're going to want to be able to go back and reference these yeah, so far like formats have stayed the same um like the apple tv can play uh the MPEG four from 10 years ago, luckily. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just throw them on my Plex server and it's okay on the TV pretty much right away. Yeah. Okay. I have a little home movies, uh, library in Plex that they go into. Do you store them on the cloud anywhere? I back it up to Backblaze, but, um, no, it's just on local drive here. So, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And Plex lets you access that pretty much anywhere. Uh, if you're, I can't remember what they call it, the subscription version of Plex. Right. That lets you access it remotely. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. So speaking of video and, you know, how are you going to watch with your family? Like, I want to segue into home theaters because we were talking about this before the show started and we all have, you know, some some deep thoughts on home theater setups or some experience setting up home theaters in the past, and I, I wanted to hear I wanted to hear about TJ's you know current plan, and I, I'm probably going to laugh, so I'm I'm preparing for that. But you're uh, going to be very disappointed. <laughs> so what, what's your what's your setup? What you have the uh, seven point one sound and the the, the theater <laughs> seats and the popcorn machine? A fifty five inch Samsung. With an Apple TV hooked up to it. That's all. That's the show. That that that's it. That's yeah, it. <laughs> so you have two remotes. That's all you have. I guess I have two the, remotes. I wanted to keep a, it simple. 
the Apple TV it's should cool. do both. It does for the most part, it, but it won't power the. So I don't believe I believe this TV is too old to turn itself on when the Apple TV turns on. So HDMI CC stuff, Ugh, right? Nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. So I just have two, um, just two remotes. One is used exclusively to turn the TV on, but volume control can be done with the Apple TV remote, and I'm good to go from there. Mm-hmm. Now I, I am, I am blessed with the fact that this TV has very, I, I would say, it has decent sound. So I can, you know, I have Spotify on the Apple TV, so I can on my phone, you know, pull up an album. And just send it to Spotify on the Apple TV. I could even just airplay it if I want to. And it sounds great. Like, I really have no problems. I am not an audiophile. But so, I mean, if I, if I were an audiophile, I probably would hate it. But to me, it's really not that bad. So it's it's a very simple setup. It's not the ideal setup. I mean, uh, eventually I would like to get, you know, a, a sound bar on there. I would like to get a, a better, a little bit newer TV because it is getting up there. But the Apple TV to me makes the experience. If no matter what TV I have, I'm going to have an Apple TV hooked up to it. So, yeah, I, I love my Apple TV. I was very surprised by that, though, because I was I was, you know, I've been Xbox fanboy for a very, very long time and used to have a Xbox one hooked up to that TV. Those things are the worst when it comes to a to a set top box. They are horrible for games. They're fine for, ga- but for that- games are fine. But if you're if if you have a family member who wants to just you know watch Netflix and not play a game and not play yeah. a game, which is what I had was using it for because I I just had one laying around, not a good experience at all. Yeah. So, but I actually ended up winning this Apple TV at 360 iDev last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I hooked it up and I was like, oh, I'm I'm sold. I'm not. I'm, I'm never do, using anything but an Apple TV. I think we're up to five Apple TVs in our house at the moment, but most of that's for development work, not not for watching. The really? old Apple TV or the new ones with the App Store? New ones. Oh, cool. Awesome. How many, any 4K? Uh, two. Cool. I haven't got any 4Ks yet. One day I will, and I'll get that not new fancy remote. Yeah. I just I yeah. just don't have a 4K TV, so uh, there's, there's no need to have a 4K. We were talking about the wireless charging before, like having the little... Charge, charging pucks all over like on the end table in the living room man i wish the apple tv remote would just charge if i threw it on there yeah. how is the battery life because i've had my, my remote for a very very long time i've yet to have to swap battery out okay um i'm jumping in here i don't know where my apple watch is we we all know that um i don't know where most of my remotes are so i just use the the remote on the phone, um, if you swipe down on the top right of your phone, you know, control center pops down. And one of the options I have is remote. And so I control all of the TVs in the house with my phone. And very rarely do I know where the remotes are. And I'm very confident that they're all dead, stuck between cushions or wherever they're at. Um, <laughs> my, my two-year-old likes to take them and, and, and do things. And if they're dead, it's less dangerous. She's not going to like hit buttons and things are going to happen. True. Well, you um, can't find them. If, if you lose it and it's in the cushions of the couch and you're sitting on the couch, you can find like generally where it might be by if, if it's still alive and controlling the TV, you you have to like wiggle on the cushions and then hopefully you hit the right button. And if you do, then you know that the remote's nearby and, or you get other people in the room to like, 
brush up against something and, and maybe you can like locate the, the remote that way. But uh, yeah, that I keep, I keep losing my stuff. Our kids try to keep the remotes for themselves. So they'll stash it somewhere where they on, only, they know where it is. So yeah, it's, it's what terrible. They go missing. It's like remotes have to stay on the table if you're not using them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The app does help, but it's not great. Like having the physical buttons is much easier to control the TV. It, it doesn't do volume. It'll do like, yeah, the, yeah. and I use it mostly for the menu button, especially like a dinner time when, um, you know, Christina has, still has to watch one more episode of Vampirina or Daniel Tiger or something, or she's like, <laughs> one more minute, one more minute. It's like, you don't even know how long a minute it is. Um, so then you, know, you sneakily hit that little menu button, exit out. Then she's like, it's broken and comes downstairs. Perfect. So how long do these remotes last? Because I, again, like I've had mine since August and I don't think I've replaced the battery on it once. Oh, you, you don't replace you the battery it. on this one. You charge it. it. has lightning on the bottom. I haven't hooked it up once. How is this thing yeah. still working? I don't know. I've done it like three times maybe for really since. Yeah. I have one of mine is the developer one oh, yeah. from the original when they first came out. And it's, it's pretty infrequent. We have to charge yeah. them. And it will That's tell crazy. you on the screen that the battery's yeah. low. Interesting. Huh? I didn't realize the battery lasted that long because that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, we, we use it fairly regularly. It's be, it's in use every day. I think mostly what you're doing is just keeping the connection, the Bluetooth connection between the two things, but it goes to sleep a lot unless you're True. physically moving it. Yeah. And like then, halfway through a movie, it'll, um, you'll have to hit the button twice to get it to wake up. Or you hit the touch bar and then you fast forward a little bit. Then you're like, Oh no. And try to move it back and, <laughs> little dance you have to do every time. Yep. Okay, Scott, what's your uh, what's your home theater setup like? Well, the one we use most often is just our living room. We've got a um we had a like 15-inch um 1080p TV that when we moved into this new house, put it up on the wall, and, like this is not going to work. This looks like a little toy. Um so we had to get a bigger TV. Um so we got a 70-inch 4k display up stairs um it is early on the 4k um spectrum so no hdr or any of the stuff that looks really nice um today but um as the pixels and um yeah it's still it's big and looks decent um then when we built the place we um had speaker drops put in yeah uh, in the living room in the ceiling um for five and then a subwoofer down in the back corner of the room okay and i had some uh speakers that uh put in right away and they they were okay it was like a home theater in a box like five speakers that were pretty crappy i upgraded those since and i mean it it sounds way better than the the tv speakers that we'd otherwise have um the only this is kind of nerdy i guess um only problem is we uh ran speaker level wire to the um subwoofer location because that's what the home theater in a box had mm-hmm. and any good subwoofer um without with a 
regular off the shelf receiver has um, this line level um, subwoofer signal. So that the subwoofer now is using a um, wireless um, broadcaster. Um, can't remember. Oh, cool. SPS, I think. Um, and very low latency uh, signal and from the receiver to the, the sub and that, that works great. Um, cause so your subwoofer is wireless. The speakers are all wired and you could not wire your subwoofer because the, it was the wrong type of, of line. Yeah. The wrong signal level. I tried using an amplifier to drive, um, speaker level out to the sub, but I got all sorts of buzz and it, it was not good. Um, so I, the buzz would keep it from going to sleep too. So wireless got that as um, not terribly expensive and it's just been working great. Cool. I mean, having the wire would be much better, but it, external wall, well, maybe not, not much better. This is pretty good, but um, be cleaner, but it, it's fine. Um, and then um, we had all the stuff uh, receiver and um, well, DVD player, Xbox and stuff underneath the TV. Yeah. But I went through all the trouble of um, running HDMI. I have access through the basement underneath the TV. Oh, cool. So I was able yeah. to run everything, um, including all the speaker drops into the closet on the other side from our living room. So all that stuff is hidden away in a closet now. Um, I use the Harmony remote to um, yes, it's yes. RF just, and the Apple TV remote works through the wall too because it's Bluetooth. So all the stuff's hidden away. Um, there's nothing besides the TV hanging on the wall that you can see in the living room, which is kind of cool. That's, That's very awesome. cool. Now um, I've always had this problem with like the, the surround sound. I'd never have content that is playing surround sound or my rear speakers are really close to where I'm sitting because we would have the couch on the far end of the room with the rear speakers right above the couch. Yep. And whenever you're watching something and you imagine, you know, you're going to watch the 5.1 where you know a sound would, or a car or something would come from behind you, you know, across and in, in front of you and you would hear it pass through um, and it would feel like you're there. But if it, it feels like most of the content I watch doesn't have that. And I'll, my options are like mirror the left the left channel so that it's the front left speaker and then the rear left speaker or just play left and right in the front speakers. And I'm not, I'm wasting those rear speakers. And I didn't know if you had the same problem or if you you know have figured out a better content method than, than what I'm used to. Uh, maybe um, the speaker level and um, delay and stuff for the surround sound. Most modern receivers, like when you set them up, they, come with a microphone that you can put where you're going to sit and they'll adjust all the levels and timing so that it's sounds right for where you're going to sit. Um, that has helped a lot over home theaters that I've had in the past where didn't have it calibrated as well. Um, that helps with the like feeling that it's the rear speaker is coming right at you um, from above you. Um, and then probably just depends on content. Like um, a lot of the stuff we watch is from Blu-ray or DVD where mm, got a pretty good okay. mix of stuff. And there's time I'm not, 
there's a few movies out there that just really hit you. Like these are mixed well for surround, but it's probably not everyone. And even some broadcast stuff like has Dolby digital audio with it. So every once in a while you run into really, really good examples, but it's not everything. Do you have any of the Atmos stuff? Uh, in the basement, I um, have uh, another setup down here. I put, um, what is it? Um, guess, uh, what is it? 7.2? Oh, wow. I, I don't know what the 2 is. Is um, that twin turbos or something? Uh, two subs. Okay, um, I'm just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> Two um, subs. I've yeah. never lived in a place where I could have one sub. Like if we were in an well, apartment, I'd have to turn the sub off so I didn't bother the neighbors. But you have two subs. A base is finicky. Um, it will um, really uh, be impacted by the shape of your room. Um, so like you might want to put your sub back in the corner like we have upstairs and um, – that might be great, but you might not even hear anything where you're sitting, but okay. over in the kitchen or some other room, it's just like it's really loud, booming bass. Like um, if you have two subs, you can get much more even coverage throughout the room much easier. So I got to treat my subwoofers like my wireless hotspots. I got to <laughs> have them equally laid out throughout the house. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and the, the receiver that I have for the other setup has um, drives nine channels. I think the two separate channels in the front, one for the up for Atmos and then one for the left and right. So it's pretty crazy. Um, so we've talked about audio. We talked about video. We've talked about content. Now the most important thing, the seating arrangements, do you have cup holders in your couches or better, do you have USB ports or even better, Qi chargers in your couches? Not in them, next to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got to keep this thing future-proofed. I, I can't uh, invest in USB ports in the, in the couch. There's a new version of USB. Well, the entertainment center we have um, under the TV upstairs has a 30-pin dock built into it. <laughs> yep, yep, Ooh. you're dated. So. It's yep. at least six years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it had a nice cover and it just stays shut and it's fine. Gotcha. Yeah. We, uh, uh, we had a couple st stereos and things with 30 pins and they still work, but you know, now I just gotta like push them off or try to give them away. And yep. Yeah. Like All right. a year and a half ago, we got rid of a car that had that and, um, had the little lightning adapter permanently in the car to be able to plug in the phone Yep. It was fine, but <laughs> what, how, what is the best way you think for companies to prevent something like that? Because, you know, as soon as Apple makes the switch to USB-C, if you have a vehicle that, you know, or I mean, yeah, if you, if you have a vehicle that's just got USB-A, I mean, yes, you could have USB-C to USB-A ports, but is, is there a way to make that transition a little bit smoother? I think USB-A is kind of, that is the standard. Like anything that charges comes out of a USB-A slot. I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, and the car that we replaced that one with just has a USB-A hole 
and that's mm-hmm. it. You provide your own cable. So we have a USB-A to Lightning right now, but that could be a USB-A to USB-C, and CarPlay would still work, I imagine. Do you think that USB-A will ever be entirely replaced by USB-C? I, I have thoughts on this. The size of USB-A is really good. So yes. if you ever try to like plug a lightning cable into your phone in the dark, even though you can plug it in either direction, I always plug in the corner. Like I'll never get it in there, even though it's a lot easier than it's it. ever been. USB-A, there's like this superposition. No matter the first time you try to plug it in, it's always upside down. So you'll plug it in, it's upside down. So you'll flip it upside down. You plug it in again, and now it's truly upside down. So the first time you plugged it in, it was going to be upside down no matter what. The second time is always upside down. And then the third time you plug it in is correct. Um, so that, that is something that, that will be with us forever. But yeah, I don't, I don't see USB-A going anywhere for a while. We're used it's, to that at this point. Yeah. yeah USB-C is nice. You can flip it upside down and it still works. But yeah, I'd, I, it'll be a long time before USB-A, USB-A disappears. And for the listener, if you don't know what USB-A is, it's the square Square USB. It's the regular one that you use. Not the the real square one, but it's the rectangle uh, that's always upside down. Um, That's USB-A. When you think of USB, everybody thinks Mm USB-A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other neat thing with um, USB-A is they've been able to increase the power. So I'm still able to charge you know, bigger and bigger things with it. Now I get, you know, several amps now instead of, you know, yeah. 0.5 or something, but not a laptop. Yeah. But not a laptop. Right. USB C can that handle that. Yep. Yeah. But does, is anybody besides Apple using USB C? Yeah, for widely? charging? I guess for everything. And, and for laptops, I guess more. Cause yeah, there's some Android phones using it, right? Yes. Um, the Android. Google pixels use, the USB, USB, not three. I keep having USB C, and I believe that there's some Dell laptops that might use USB C, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Somebody was talking about this. Uh, maybe John Gruber. The Apple's paying like millions of dollars in fines in the EU for not using a standard. Um you'd think that would motivate them to use USB-C instead of lightning, but thus far it hasn't. We'll get there. I'm look. I'm at my desk here. I'm staring at a USB-C and a lightning and the USB-C definitely is bigger and it looks more, a little bit more brittle because it has a, a place in there where you could have dust or something. Whereas the yeah, USB, there's a lot of pins the, in there. The lightning mm-hmm. is very clean and simple. So yeah, definitely. See benefit in the lightning, but you know, USB-C is good enough. It's definitely the future, but I appreciate how universal it is um, as opposed to lightning. Cause lightning will only ever be on one platform. Whereas USB-C could eventually take over both lightning and USB-A. And that's what I find intriguing about it. Well, like if USB-C. I only have to buy one type of cable ever, and it does right. charging and it's I can hook my phone up to it and hook my phone up to my laptop and if everything's USB-C, that would be great. I would love that. Yeah. It, so there's another uh, weird thing here too. USB-A um, has a thing called hub, hub and spoke. So that's why you can have a USB-A hub where you have um, 
a cable plugged into your computer. And then on the other end, there's five USB-A ports. But USB-C is designed for daisy chaining. So that's why you you never see these hubs where they would have multiple USB-Cs on them. You just see one USB-C probably. And that's so you could daisy chain and have one long link or one long chain of, of devices connected. Um, so that definitely is a negative. That's, you know, another they can benefit have of USB-A. Um, lanes of communication, like the Apple adapter that has HDMI and power, um, and I think USB as well, that can come out of USB-C because those are separate. Like the the, um, the monitor signal is separate from the USB data signal, just separate from the charging. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, you, you can break those out. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, I, there's also no, Thunderbolt in there. True. Which confuses everything because it looks the same. But it's not. I think USB four is Thunderbolt three. I think, or at least USB four will have Thunderbolt three backwards compatibility. So they're they're trying to fix this. But yeah. I just bought a new machine with you with Thunderbolt three. So you know USB four will come out next month, and then this machine I'll have for several years with the older, the older <laughs> one. First world just, problem. Just buy the new one, Shane. It's yep, easy. That's true. <laughs> hmm. All right, uh, home theaters. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna briefly describe my setup. Got a TV with a lost remote, and that's it. An Apple TV. I don't have anything else. I've gave, given away TV my speakers and gave away everything. Um, I, I have the remote problem. So my, I use my father-in-law is a great example. He has a uh, receiver. He has you know. Roku and Apple TV and a uh, satellite uh, box and over the air box and a TiVo and Xbox and the TV itself. And he has a basket of remotes sitting next to his, oh, goodness. his chair. Um, mother-in-law can't turn the TV on, but if she can, like I'm very impressed. She's doing awesome because it requires a manual or like you have to be the guy who set it all up. So I've done all these things over the years. It's, it's kind of like my, my project. I will, put the harmony in there or something, some type of universal remote and program it to do all of these things. But then if anything changes, it's, you know, it's very brittle and everything falls apart and everything, everything's connected over infrared. So, you know, if if things are pointing in the wrong direction or, or shifted wrong, you know, things don't work anymore. And I was going off timings. And so for our house, I tried to keep it as simple as possible. Apple TV that people can airplay to and the TV itself. And you have to go up to the TV and hit the volume button on the side because we can't find a remote. And you got to try to use the Apple TV remote with your phone. Yeah. So here's here's my thing. And I, one thing that I didn't communicate earlier is that there's a reason why I don't have a, like a decent, like like a more so complicated home theater setup. And that is because I hate TVs. I, I hate their user interface. Like when I want to change something, I find them to be <laughs> one of the most confusing, irritating, just sacks of frustration. Between Like I have a toss up between TV and printers. I don't know which ones I hate more. Like I don't have a printer anymore. I got rid of it. Jenny's finally like, we have to get a printer because I need to print stuff sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine, but we need to put it somewhere where I don't have to look at it because I hate those things. And uh, and TVs are not. I, I think I probably hate printers more than TVs, but t- TVs are not that far behind. And that's why. And because I, I think that 
I've had, and this isn't the only reason why I hate TVs, but I've had family members who buy a new TV and they want me to set it up and they have the same situation. They have three different like cable boxes. They've got a cable box and then they've got a Roku and then they've got like their Apple TV and then somebody bought them or they still, they still have their TiVo or something like that. Yeah. And they have two inputs Mm -hmm. and they've got two inputs. And they've got three remotes and they don't know which one does which. And f- why does this thing, you know, w- what does the source button do? And, mm-hmm. it, and there's, yeah. it's not clear which one of these inputs is what they want to do. And so they just drive me insane. And so I think that's why I just am happy enough with a TV and an Apple TV. I know how that works. I'm fine with it. It's just one of those things where it's like it's too complicated for and I don't care enough about it to want to invest a bunch of time into making it better because it's good enough. Well, I guess. <laughs> the interface on your computer monitor, if you're trying to change the vertical, like you're trying to stretch it or change colors or something, they they have arrows, but there's no way that the button arrangement that you're going to press will ever match up with those arrows. So I have to hit like left, left, up, left, left, up in order to try to do something. And yeah, so I, I feel you. Like TVs are better in, have a better interface than computer monitors, but... Yeah, they all need a lesson from Apple. I don't think the new $6,000 Apple monitor even has buttons on it. Um, does it even have a power good. button? That's very good. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not spending $6,000 to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, you've got a $6,000 screen. We're all going to watch this for the home theater. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch anything else. Nope. That's a whole other topic right now. Right there. I don't. Uh, we haven't discuss- discussed the $6,000 monitor. Once it's available for me to go and see in the Apple store, I will most definitely take a look at it. But I, there's no way I'm spending $6,000 on a display. I, I think don't know we'll see a $1,000 one this year. I think we'll see like oh, a I little so. 27 or yeah, probably a 27-inch 5K version of it that uh, has the same lattice pattern on the back or whatever they call it. Um, that it's cool same design of the iMac. With the same panels, I make. I think we'll we'll see that this year, as their their lower tier offering. Which I would buy that. That's that'd be great. Um, I, I just the, I don't need the HDR and you know, sixteen hundred nits and all those other things. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, I I could see myself doing that. I would probably. I would assume that it's going to, it, it would have five K, which means I mean it's going to be around for a good long time. I don't expect them to release a monitor, you know, say this year that you know, budget at a thousand dollars. I I wouldn't expect to see another one for a fairly long time, you know, at least two or three years. So I feel like if I have this thing, it's going to last, it will probably last me five, six, seven years and I'd be good. Um, and I'd be willing to pay a thousand dollars for a very good Apple display. Um, no, hands down, def- definitely would. So we've talked about like the frustrations that we have with, the, the interface of the, the TV or the, the monitors we've talked about, you know, how the, the screen isn't synchronized with other devices. So it would automatically turn on with HD was it HDMI CEC or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked about, you know, having basket of remotes. We've talked about, you know, all these, these negatives, but if you think about it, it's really good. What we do have, like, I don't have to go to the theater anymore and still have like a really good, um, 
exciting uh, time with my family. We can all sit down and watch a movie on a huge, huge screen. Growing up, our screen was nowhere compared to this and it weighed 10 times more and you didn't, you never moved it and it was just huge. It was a furniture piece. And now we have these elegant, beautiful, you know, millions and millions of pixels and fairly lightweight and, and, and affordable and, we have the ability to watch movies on 4k and you can stream them and you don't even have to put a DVD in or go to a blockbuster. You can just get the video or you'll have Netflix where you have everything or, you know, any of the other streaming services. So like looking back, we do have it really good now. Most definitely. Most definitely. No question. Like, like I said, I love the Apple TV and can you imagine having a, you know, take the Apple TV out of our, our equations, Shane, and just have a garbage cable box where you have to like, you remember those, those menus, they still have them where you have to like scroll through trying to figure out like what's on TV today. Like we don't deal with that anymore. I can pick up my, my remote and say, Hey Siri, um, play me the latest episode of a million little things. Bam. There it goes. That's, I that's didn't, magic. I didn't even think of the voice. It is so good. Like we have it really good. Yeah. It's not the Apple TV that's my problem at all. It would be, it would definitely be the TVs themselves. You know what? Apple needs to release a TV. <laughs> we just talked about a little twenty seven inch here. Um, no, yeah, no, we were talking about like the Pro the XDR. But I'm saying, like, imagine if I could just buy a TV from Apple that just has Apple TV built in. Hmm. We, we would have one button. Uh, yeah, just have... one button. <laughs> it just knows what you want. Exactly. All right, guys, let's do the picks of the week. Um. TJ, Scott? what's your pick of the week? Oh, you're, I was you're actually going to defer to Scott because okay, Scott, what's your he, pick he of the week? our guest. I wasn't sure how nerdy we could go on this. Uh, you go as nerdy as you'd like, sir. Um, but you already broke the Raspberry Pi um, thing. So I'd, along those, that uh, same vein, uh, but also home theater uh, spin, I'm going to pick the Hi-Fi Berry. It's a... Uh, little board that you can attach to raspberry pi on the the pin header that raspberry pi has and you can get audiophile quality audio out of a raspberry pi like they use their own um timing uh chip so they're not relying on the, the little arm in the raspberry pi um so they're able to do precise digital output um if you're trying to do um uh, digital connection to a receiver or um, there's also analog version where you get good quality um, analog signal, which I have set up here analog into a headphone amp, um, a little tube amp that uh, drives some headphones. And um, I've been working a lot at home lately and sometimes it's loud elsewhere in the house. So it's nice to be able to turn on some music and have it sound fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you showed man, us a picture. Cool. It looks yeah. it looks cool. It looks fancy. You got boards and cables and tubes and everything. <laughs> the tubes are I don't know. I I haven't compared it to anything else, but um it's the only headphone amp I've ever had, but it really looks cool to have <laughs> tubes. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Like all right, it. TJ, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week is uh Textmate two. Ooh. Which 
might sound a little bit weird just because, you know, th- those who know of TextMate 2 might wonder why I'm recommending it because it's su- some people would say that it's super old. It is not super old. Thank you. Um, it was open sourced about seven years ago and has, <laughs> has a very active community around it to this day. Um, sorry, sorry. The, this it is, is the new version. The old version is older, but the, the new old version is older, but the new version sourced. is newer. Seven it's years ago. Yes. This is the one with the flower icon? This is the one with the flower icon. Okay. Um, this is why I'm on so, a Mac, because of this app. Right. This app is still one of the best text editors that I've used in a long time. Um, it is incredibly fast. It can open very large files uh, and not stutter. It will just handle them like a champ, whereas I will still have problems occasionally in Visual Studio Code yeah. with that. Visual Studio Code, the interesting thing about it is that it was written. It, it is actually a web app. At the end of the day, it's a web app. It's a version of Chrome with a text editor website running in it. Exactly. Whereas TextMate 2 is a native Mac application. It is Mac to the very core. There is no Linux version. There is no Windows version. It's Mac only. And it feels like it fits inside of the Mac ecosystem. Um, And I have learned a lot of the keyboard shortcuts for quick look and, you know, obviously being able to find and replace. And I've just gotten to the point where I'm very fast with it. And it's just a delight to use. Uh, it may not have some of the the newer features, like it doesn't have a terminal built in like Visual Studio Code, but that's okay because I can just have an iTerm2 window open at the same time. Um, but I ha- if, if you've ever thought of replacing your text editor and, and you use Mac OS, definitely give TextMate 2 a shot. It's, it is it is still one of the best text editors on the market today. And yeah, sure, it may be old, but so so is Vim. So <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> it's free. It, it yeah. doesn't cost anything. No, it doesn't cost anything at all. All right, guys, you you both had a super nerdy one, so I have to top you. My pick of the week is uh, Super Glue Loctite. Okay, now hear me out. I uh, I came back to my office, and I have a globe on my office, or a globe on my desk, and it has like this eagle statue. And I was looking at it, I noticed the nose of the eagle was missing. And then I looked down, and it was laying down next to the globe. So I think a child of mine... Um, did something and now I have a broken globe. So I needed some super glue and you, you all have probably experienced this, but you have super glue in the house, of course, but every single stick that you have is dried out. Like you, you will, yep. you'll find them and you'll try to take the cap off and it'll be like, like it's literally glued on there and you like break it and all these like shards of glue come out. And then it's finally when you get it off your hand had been squeezing on the bottom part of the glue metal container and now it's squirted out and you're panicking, trying to get it off and you miss. And now your hands feel like they're numb, but they're real smooth, but then they're stuck and then they turn white and you got to scratch them all this. Okay. <sighs> Super glue. So this Loctite, this was about $2 at home Depot. And this is more glue than I will use before it dries out. Um, this thing is like, it looks like the size of a whiteout container, but the coolest thing about it is, so a pet peeve of mine with super glue is step one is unscrew the cap and then use part of it to stab into the metal foil and to, to open it. And then you got to quickly flip it around and, and screw it back on. Well, every single time I do that, I, I explodes. It's, <laughs> I get glue somewhere every single time. Well, with the Loctite. When you get it, the first thing you do, it's like a one of those 
uh, pill container, those uh, uh, childproof pill containers. So you have to push down and spin in order to yeah. open it. You kind of push down on the top of this and spin when you first get it and you hear a click and that's it stabbing itself inside the container to open it. And then you just gently just uh, screw off the top and you're ready to go. And on the sides of the, the super glue, there are little, uh, um, the little places where you can squeeze that are independent of the container. So if I squeeze these handles on the side, it will shoot uh, the glue out the top. So the whole thing is just elegant. And so I glued, I got it. I glued the nose onto the eagle or the beak onto the eagle. And now I have like 99% of this glue left and I'm looking for things in the house to fix. So for the next couple of days, I'm going to be very productive on fixing broken toys, but um, yeah, then it will sit in a box and dry out. But until then, Pick of the week, super glue Loctite. That's awesome. Nice. It's like Apple, but glue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Um, Scott, thanks for joining us this week. This has been fun. Yeah. And we didn't get into it, but uh, in the pre-show, we found out that you were uh, you majored in linguistics. Yeah. And I didn't even know how to spell that word until this episode, but uh, no, I'd like to to get you on it in the future and nerd out about languages. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it's that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have lots to talk about. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, I I got to go to bed, um, but I have no idea what time it is because I don't know where my Apple Watch is. And y'all, podcasting is still really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night, guys. Yeah.